nurturing your child's emotional health. Can you say that to me, you? Without putting the gum in your mouth. No, no, no. no. Nurture. No. There was a group and they did reject me. It felt really horrible because some of them were close friends. There's like two groups and you pick a group and if you don't pick a group then you're kind of just excluded from everything. It just feels like you don't belong. Hi, my name is Jessica Quarrell. I'm the school counselor at Aiden Montessori School and today we are talking about groups. Groups are a part of any human experience. We group ourselves naturally at work, in social settings, at school. For example, in school with children, kids naturally group themselves by kids who live nearby. Maybe they walk home together, that sort of a group. The oldest in the class can feel like a group. Um, kids who are on the same chess team are a group. So groups happen everywhere. For children in groups, they form very naturally and often they take on, there's a casting, if you will. There's different roles. Usually you have a more dominant director type, and then you have other children who want to follow that type. For example, if children are on the playground and a student says, we're going to play fairies, and that person says, you're going to be this kind of fairy, you're going to be that kind of fairy, and you're going to be that kind of fairy. So you have this director type who's giving the roles to the other children who are willing participants in this group, and they play. What happens, though, when someone is not satisfied with their role? They don't want to play fairies or they want to do something differently. As an adult, what do you do? How Do you intervene and how should you intervene? As a reaction, if you see a child who feels excluded, our first gut reaction is, oh, no, you're not, you, you're not supposed to be excluded. Let me go in there and fix it. The first thing to do is observe. Will this dynamic change after they're done playing does that person who feels excluded, do they feel they have the opportunity to, to become the director type themselves? So take a minute, take a step back and see, how is this group behaving? Is it fluid? Is it static? And is it now a pattern? Is this sort of the same pattern, the same girls or the same boys playing the same thing where the same child feels left out? When you see a pattern of exclusionary behavior, that's a great opportunity to step in. Wow, I really notice every time you guys play this game, so-and-so is, is excluded. I wonder what we can do about that. So you're not giving a very explicit, here's what to do. You're sitting an observation and you're putting it back into the group and see what happens. Ideally, the group dynamic changes or that person feels more included or it's you're empowering that student who's excluded to say, perhaps this is not a group you wanna be a part of and maybe try to find something else to do. But what we don't want to do is start micromanaging our groups just because we are dealing with our own discomfort around how a group is existing. Kids try on different roles in groups. You might see that your child has now become the more dominant, the more the leader of the group, and at home they're maybe acting more dominant and maybe sassy. They're trying on a role, and that's okay. And you might see that over the course of an entire school year, they try on these different roles, and that's perfectly okay. It's not okay when it becomes mean-spirited or rude or unkind. You, as a parent, are always allowed to say, I notice your behavior has been rather, you've been talking to me in a rather unkind way. I do not appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to be in a group, like they're being mean to people or something, and I don't want to be mean to people. 
except then if I'm not in that group, I'm the person that they're being mean to. In the upper all community, we spend a lot of time talking about being a bystander and the different kinds of bystander, whether you're an active bystander, a neutral bystander, or a passive bystander, meaning am I going to get involved in this situation? Am I going to do nothing? Our role as educators, as parents, is to help empower our students and our children to recognize that we are not exclusionary. So as parents, we want to reinforce the role of no matter what role you play in the group, you always can stand up for someone else if you see that something is happening that's not okay. Sometimes when we watch uh, movies or when we're reading books, we talk about the influence that one person can have on another person. And we talk about what decision she would make. This is more with my daughter who's old enough to understand the decision that she would make in that setting. Role playing is a great technique to practice these these skills in a safe and supported way. Maybe you're walking home from the grocery store and you see um, a field trip walking home from the zoo and you see a couple students start teasing each other. Maybe that's an opportunity to role play. What if you were a person in that field trip group? Would you feel comfortable speaking up? What would you say? What kind of relationships do you have with these other students? So role-playing out in a way that feels safe and supportive that you can practice because it's not easy for young people and adults to speak up to someone who's instigating rude, unkind, mean behavior because it, you might feel that you're now the new target. Can you handle that, that kind of feeling? Peer pressure to me means everyone around you is kind of forcing you into doing something. Like last year, like everyone was playing football and I was not interested in playing football. And then people were saying, just try it, just try it, just try it. And I was like, um, and I just wasn't sure. Yeah, I feel like it's not entirely a bad thing though. When I tried football and I had fun, so. So often within school communities, especially ours, we have things that come up such as the new fads, such as fidget spinners or keychain trading. Well, as an adult, as a parent, as a teacher, what, how do we intervene? The way that we handle these natural occurrences is talking about it within a community meeting. The entire class gets together to discuss what are the ongoing issues that are happening with, with our students within our community? So every child has the opportunity to have their voice heard about what's happening, how they feel about it, and what they want to do about it. The way it was resolved in one classroom was they, as a group, co collectively decided we are no longer trading keychains. So that just stopped that whole dynamic from happening in the first place. But we like to rely on the community meeting as, a, as an organic tool for these issues that happen amongst the children within their groups, the resolution comes from the children themselves. Part of your role as a parent is to teach your child about the concept of peer pressure. And so I will relate stories from when I was a kid. I mean, this will date me, but like the concept of guest jeans. <laughs> it was really important to have a pair of guest jeans. And so I think when you talk about it and you demystify it, they understand that you dealt with it too, and so it's not new to them. Groups are complicated. Some groups are small, some groups are large, but each of us belongs to different groups. What we know about children is that it's about the only freedom they have is to choose their friends. Hi, this is Denise Merkel. I'm the coordinator of the Aiden Program for Families. You know, we tell them what to eat because we buy it. We tell them where to go because we take them there. Uh, but they get to choose their friends. And sometimes 
that means that they're going to be in a group dynamic that um, is going to bring out things in their lives that they need to deal with. Um, based on their temperament, each child is going to decide, are they going to be the leader of that group? Are they more of a follower? Sometimes it's age-related. Uh, the pecking order is defined. Um, in order to be a good person in a group, you have to be a good friend. And I think that's a message to send to children all the time. It's a good opportunity to give children the chance to know what your values are. At our family meeting, we might talk about, oh, I see everybody at school is um, getting um, fidget spinners. Um, in our family, we don't see the value in that. Or we say, yeah, that's a good thing. But in a family meeting, just as the children have a meeting at school in their community, maybe in your family meeting you can talk about this, especially if you have some uh, strong opinions about whatever the thing is. Um, it's a good place to start so that when the stakes get higher as your child gets older and the groups get more important to them, which is very natural, by the way, uh, then you've already established sort of this baseline. Well, you know, we're going to talk about this in our family meeting. Um, in our family, we value kindness, and so they, they have a nice, solid place to be. Fidget spenders were first uh, like an internet trend, actually, and only a couple of upper row people have like phones, and so they got them. Other kids were like, oh, ooh, that's cool. I want to ask my mom to order one. Everyone started getting them. I was one of two people that didn't have them for a long time, and then I got one, and I felt so good, and then, like, the day after, they were banned, and it, like, crushed everything. I think it's very developmentally appropriate for children to experiment with social power. Don't be shocked if your child is teasing or excluding someone. This is what my friend calls normal, abnormal behavior. It's not acceptable. You want to deal with it, but try not to be overly um, shocked about it because it's just, they're just trying this out. You know, how you've seen how they act with their younger sibling. They're going to try this out in a group. And the group will determine for the child, for your child, how that's going to play out. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, group dynamics always trigger our own feelings. But remember, this is a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old, not a high school or a college student. All right? So... Try to keep your agenda out. If you were very popular as a child, you want your child to be popular because you saw the benefits of that. Maybe your child's a little, you know, more of an individually, I want to be by myself or with a small group. Accept that. Validate your child for who, whom she or he is. Um, perhaps you were left out, and you don't want your child to be left out. So you're going to push them and push them and push them. You know, be real careful to know what your private agenda is and is try really hard to keep it out of your child's group situations. I guess I'm usually a leader. I prefer kind of being one of the people that's just doing it rather than a leader because I get anxious when everyone's like listening very intensely to me. I try to be a leader. In order to be a good leader, I think it's important that children have the opportunity to be a follower first because they'll be more sensitive to the um, underlings, if you will. 
So your child doesn't always have to be the leader. Most of our life we spend in roles of following, and I think to be a good follower supports a leader. But let's not get our agenda again messed up in that. This is the beauty of the multi-age grouping in a Montessori classroom. Um, the older children can help the younger children. A child who has a skill that's more advanced, since even someone older can help. Uh, we make a point of allowing, uh, of encouraging the, the smallest children in, say, a primary class to uh, reach underneath of a shelf because their hand is small enough to reach. So we're always looking at ways to um, let everyone in the group have a chance to be a leader. In sports, there's team captains where one person goes, the other person goes, the other person goes. Like, there's going to be a last person, and that last person is going to feel like no one really wants me, so we're just randomly put over there. It's also important to make sure you validate your child's feelings. If a child says, I hate playing soccer, and that's because maybe she's playing in a group that's a little more advanced, or she's playing with um, older children who have practiced longer, um, it's important to validate her feelings. Like, yeah, it sounds like you really don't like this, the way you're playing, or the whatever happened in the game, or whatever. Draw out what it is is really bothering your child. Maybe somebody on her team gave her a, a, a nasty look because she wasn't playing well, and that's more important than her skill. Or perhaps she really needs more of a skill, and if that's something she wants, then, the, then you can follow up on it. But be real sure not to say, oh, well, you'll get better at it as you get older because you have just negated how she is feeling in the moment, and that's the most important thing at, at that point. Um, and, you know, some children just don't play team sports they they just can't deal with the dynamic of that so they play singles tennis I have a couple of books for you if you're interested there's a book called those shoes by Mary Beth belts and it will talk about uh, this book is cute because it talks about I have to have the, the most expensive fanciest tennis shoes that everybody else has and then uh, an all-time favorite by Judy Bloom is blubber and it talks about teasing and accepting who you are and and how that works in a group and there are just too many books for parents about this issue and that's always a sign to me that nobody has the answer so you you know read up on maybe a little bit but I'm not even going to recommend a book um, I am going to recommend our podcast I want you to go back to our podcast number 10 is about navigating friends Number 11 is about making friends. And those will help you get some ideas on how to help your child uh, play a role in a particular group. Say at recess, if people are playing a game, I find it more fun to play that game with them than play that game by myself. I think that I'm the best like in groups of like two or three because it's easier to kind of have your voice heard, but it's also not like, oh, we can't do this, there's only two of us, blah, 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 blah.